Hey everybody, you are now listening to a bonus episode of Sound of Sanity. My name is Nathan Alverson, your humble and obedient host. That's Ben Solzer right there. I'm here. Yeah, almost, arguably. It's 10.28 at night and Ben may be close to turning into a pumpkin. I am pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. yeah, I am too, actually. And there's, well, Ben, why don't you introduce him? Well, that's Jacob Mensel. He's here. He's a pastor. He has things to say. Hi, Jake. How are you? Oh, hi, Ben. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. Thanks. Now, I wanted to do kind of a, we have some things we want to say about the coronavirus. Obviously, you clicked on this episode. You saw the title. You knew that's what it was about. We actually came up with a listicle, which is five don'ts and five do's about coronavirus. I think we're going to go through that real fast. But first of all, I want to ask how you guys are processing coronavirus. Just like, is it making you angry? Is it making you scared? Are you, what do you think? I, I just thought, well, okay, let me, let me tell a tale out of school here. Me and Jake already tried to record this episode once, much earlier today. And we had some false starts even then. And then we did it. I really started editing it and I wasn't sure that I liked where we'd landed. It seemed like we were being a little censorious or something like that because we were talking about some of the things that really bug us about the way for it's a very uh, uh, weak term but we were talking about some things we didn't like about the way that people have been responding to this and mm-hmm. I, I thought we struck the wrong tone and so I asked the guys if they if we could come in and and redo this but I think the only way to redo this is to sort of talk our way through how we're hitting this and and, and, and what we're thinking about this so Ben what have you been thinking about the coronavirus? Oh, I've had the thought that God is calling us to prayer, Nathan, mm-hmm. and that it's uh, sobering to think about death, the end of things, and it's easier not to think about it. And uh, the coronavirus kind of shoves my face in the fact of my own mortality mm-hmm. and other people's that I love and care about. And, uh, and then sometimes I don't think about that. I just go about my day, and that's that. Yeah, well, that's the weird cognitive dissonance that I feel about this sort of thing is it's like, it doesn't matter what the big thing that's happening, whether it's 9-11, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's a tidal wave, it's like, my life keeps going on and I have to do things and attend to my job and kiss my wife hello and goodbye and go and gas up my car. It's like, how do I deal with these big things at the same time? What is God actually calling me to do? What is my response supposed to be to this? I mean, if I had coronavirus or if my mother had coronavirus, she's in her 60s, right? She's in the, she's in the bad demographic. It'd be one thing. But as someone who's not actually personally, I understand some of our listeners may be very personally affected by this even now. But as someone who's not. Well, I think that's part of the, part of the difficulty is that we live in a time and place where we are, we at least think we're able to see these things coming. You know, the seismographs have told us that the earthquake is coming. Right. The, and that maybe a tidal wave is coming too, maybe a tsunami. We're not really quite sure. But we know the conditions are right for a tsunami. Something happened off the coast and it was big. And so we're all sort of expected, we're, we're all being told to prepare. We're all being told to do things to mitigate the damage of this oncoming wave that we can't see, that some of us don't believe is there, that some of us are 
100% convinced it's the worst possible wave, and then everybody else is somewhere in between. And a lot of people are just trying to act in accordance with the party line, whatever that is. Oh, the party line says board up your house and buy all the toilet paper and buy the toilet mm -hmm. paper and or move inland or whatever it is. And oh, the party line says nothing's going to happen. Everything's going to be fine. This is all just a hoax. The common flu is actually worse. Blah, blah, blah. The toilet paper companies or whatever. Right. The Purell (laughs) And so here we are all trying to respond to this thing and things are happening and they're more or less dramatic depending on where in the world they're happening. In Italy, it is a horror show. Mm. In other parts of the world, we can't see, we don't know, or, you know, it's not going as poor and it's not going as badly here. Yet. Yet, we see the economic implications and people are losing their livelihoods. Mm-hmm. People are losing their ability to pay their rent, their mortgage. People are losing their retirements. Their whole retirements mm-hmm. are being wiped out. Everything they'd ever banked on for their future, gone. What's now being called a recession in the biggest one since the 80s, potentially. And so we start, we're starting to feel really the, the, the financial ramifications. People are still holding their breath, hoping for big rebounds and it's all going to be fine. And we don't know. And and we just don't know, but we're we're all being asked to act. Uh, yeah, as if these realities are before us. And mm-hmm. the way that it would have hit in another time and place, any other time and place is we wouldn't have the seismographs out. We wouldn't be seeing this coming. We would just suddenly be hit. And then we would know how to respond because we would be punched in the mouth. Well, I think it might be helpful to actually let people behind the scenes at this point, actually, and let them. So, Ben, you want to describe the, the, the clash of the titans that just happened between Nathan and Jake? Yeah, here? well, there was a lot of rubble to pick through. But um, after you do that, what you realize is that one member of our team is feeling pretty somber about mm-hmm. everything. Ooh, hey, which is completely appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. This is a somber thing. It's a giant pandemic and it's death. And the other titan mm-hmm. on the battlefield wants to be a little more optimistic. Each is concerned that the other is going to give the wrong message to our listeners. Or to be more precise, you know, each is concerned that the other is either going to... Nathan is concerned that Jake is going to oppress you, dear listener, by being too somber and solemn and too down on you for being, frankly, dumb about not taking this seriously, not fearing God. And Jake is concerned that Nathan is going to do you no good and no favors by being optimistic in the same way that Americans are normally optimistic, like, oh, who cares? It'll probably blow over type optimistic. So that was kind of the War of the Titans. It, oh, the, it, didn't, it didn't really get finished. The Titans feel, sound like jerks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't really like the way that I came off. Jake, I never I, suspected you of anything quite so bad, I, I don't think. Oh, I, you know, Lister, I tried to make it dramatic. <laughs> oh. Well, there's some truth I, I to that. I didn't think I was that somber. I don't think somber is a word that I would use. Look, uh, I think it, it does, though. Come, and I don't come, think I just want to blow everything off and think it doesn't matter. And I don't I think don't, that I you want to blow so. things I don't, off. Hey, Jake, hey, can we hey. both agree that Ben... Oh, kind no. of a jerk. Yeah, he's kind of wrong about his <laughs> yeah, mother. A liar. <laughs> yeah, it looks like there's one loser in the Battle of the Titans. And it's, it's not the Titans. Whoever wins, we lose. Well, That's right. So here's the thing. Nathan, Nathan has been saying he wants to tell people it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. 
And that's a, a refrain that he's had ever since. Well, and we've, we've actually recorded some takes where I've said into the microphone, all right, folks, it's going to be okay. And Jake hasn't been able to really re- respond to that, you know, to jump on board with that. Well, here's what I, I want it to be qualified. Mm-hmm. And the ways that I want to qualify it are ways that make Nathan uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because what I don't want to say or imply is that you might not lose your job. You might not lose your money. You might not lose you your house. You might not die or you lose might someone not, you love. Yeah, I don't want to imply any of those things because we just, we don't know. It may well be that you're not going to lose your house. You're not going to lose your job. You know, your your investments are going to bounce back. All that stuff mm. is going to be okay and things will return to normal. That may happen, but it may not. And I don't think any of us is, are in a position to say one way or another that that's the case. I want us to hope Mm-hmm. I want us to hold out hope, but the hope that we have isn't in our lives continuing as they were. It's in the God that's sovereign over all these things. And if he wants to change and give us a new normal, that's on him and that's okay. Right. And and by the way- And Nathan doesn't disagree with I any of that. I don't disagree with that. It's just, how do we right. communicate to that that to all of you, especially when there's some of you out there that listen to this podcast who have been handling this in a really poor immature to say the best, sinful to say the worst way, we want to make sure we tell you naughty, naughty, but we also don't want to sweep, paint everybody with that brush. There's some people that are just scared and do just want to kind of know what to think about this. And yeah. this is like a hard, hard thing to talk as about. As much as anything, mm-hmm. I think because the reactions are so far across the board, it's less a uh, Nathan and I not being in the same place on uh, uh, personally on this issue, but more Nathan and I not being in the same place on who is on our radar. Who do we want to address? Right. Who do we want? Who Who do we want to hear what we have to say? You know, that's why you know Nathan's thinking of well, Nathan's thinking of his wife. He's thinking of other people that are just simple, earnest, scared people. They want to do the right thing. And he just wants to tell to hold out some comfort to those people. And when Nathan tries to hold out the comfort to those people, I'm hearing somebody It's just going to be okay. I'm yeah. hearing Don't worry about my it. the the people that I want to talk to. And they need to be receiving told, false It might not be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually what you need to do is fear God and you need to focus let this drive you to repentance and to confession of sin and to faith and to think about death and to think about your mortality and to put your hand over your mouth and to shut up and stop using this very serious thing as an opportunity to leverage yourself either politically or spiritually over other people, which is what I keep seeing and feeling from people that I want to address. It's awful. And then I do that. Nathan's like, Whoa, are those the only people that listen to our <laughs> podcast? I sure hope there's some earnest, sincere If that's what people. you have to say to Meredith and to other people like her, then she's going to feel just punched in the mouth by you. And she's sincere and she's just here for some help, man. Right. And so this is the tension that we've been playing with yeah, let's and not... trying to trying to figure out our way to, to address it I, for, I mean, for everybody. To, to, to be fair, it's a kind of tension that we often play with or feel on our show. Yes. And, yeah. pro- and, and, I, and I think the errors, the kinds of errors we make, one of which you've come out after this will, the, the, right. uh, this will come out actually before that. This has come, okay. but uh, one, one of, one of know, which we'll talk about soon. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll hear a little more about it is that, well, we're going to fall into one ditch or the other, actually. We're going to- In that case, actually, people... interestingly enough, I was 
I going think after somebody who was I, I was painting with a broader brush like let's go right. after the the jerks right right <laughs> and I was like no but the sincere people but this is uh, this is actually you know um, is this it, a little bit of a reversal it's a, it is a role reversal I think in general mm-hmm. uh, we both have our times where we just want to pull out our guns and shoot all the posers right and curb stomp them mm-hmm. but I think that that's more you, you than me in general. I'm not a big fan of posers. Yeah. <laughs> but on this one, this one, I have been breathing fire against the posers for days mm. on days. <laughs> and I can't, I can't stop. I am in a mental rampage against the posers. Well, you go get them, man. Let's, let's get them. <laughs> let's get them right now. I hate the posers. <laughs> I mean, I, they're wrong. I, 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 don't, I don't want, you know. One of the kids broke the TV. I don't want to give everybody a spanking. <laughs> On the other hand, they were all playing with the ball, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to be a good parent. <laughs> I was just glad I wasn't home when that happened in real life. Because <laughs> yeah, everybody would have gotten the spanking. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually an example drawn from the life from of real one, life. one Jake right. Menzel. A yep. uh, little metaphor there. But listen, <laughs> let's, let's do it. We have 10 points. I think, I think we can actually do this now. All 10 of them. Yeah. All right, we we got. Are we gonna pair up the do's and don'ts, or are we just gonna like do the don'ts and then do the do's? Uh, we know, thought we were gonna do two separate episodes, guys. In case you didn't catch that earlier, we didn't say it. I don't think we said it. No, we had two separate, you know, coronavirus do's and coronavirus don'ts. They're gonna be two separate things, but apparently we're throwing them together. Well, let's do the don'ts, and all right, l- why don't we just do the don'ts, and I think we'll have an apple opportunity to talk about the do's. As well, we do the don'ts. <laughs> <laughs> As we do the don'ts. Yeah. We, we, well, we, if we, we save we, the do's to the end, it might be actually, I mean, we could we could say the don'ts are the list for the posers and the do's are the list for the- All right. So we're starting out, we are giving the spanking. Yeah. We are, we are, we are giving the don'ts their, their due. We're giving the don'ts <laughs> their due. Yeah. I, ben, <laughs> 1,000 podcasting points to you, my uh, friend. Holy cow. Wow. The most I've ever given. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> First time I've ever given points on this podcast, actually, wow. <laughs> I think. All right. We've got a list of five don'ts. And by the way, I, in case it's not clear, agree 100% with these don'ts. So number one, don't fear the virus that can destroy your body. Now- that's a reference to a Bible verse, isn't it? Yeah, it's a reference to a Bible verse. And for the record, this was your point that you came up with. That's true. And your way of framing it. Yes, that's true. And you were the one that listed it as the first one. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> All of which I'm pointing out because I want people to understand you're the one, the way that you know Ben tried to frame this is Whoa. Jake wants everybody to think about death. death. <laughs> and Nathan wants everybody to be like, yay, let's lick our lollipops. But actually- no. Just to be fair, to take one more level of step back meta, just now in this podcast, I put Ben on the spot, made him define us both, and he couldn't help but define us both of the most no, it was black the, and white. It was, the only right. way, it was the only way to do it. He yeah. was set up, he was I, set up to do that. I yeah, set him up. I no, set up you, you did that. what I wanted you to do. You, right. you fell into my trap <laughs> and made me and Jake both look like idiots. <laughs> All part of the yes. past. <laughs> I was just trying to give a broad picture. No, no, picture. no. It was, and it was good. I mean, if you tried to qualify it too much we just we wouldn't the conversation would have died yep. and would've me and jake would have taken you out and beaten you up by the flagpole hmm. man i'm tired of that happening <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's for sure all right yeah 
I don't like it when you guys get hurt when you try to do that. <laughs> no, but, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't Pull like out your tai chi. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I don't like it either. My, my knuckles you're, you're, get all uh, bloody. <laughs> you're your feng shui. <laughs> Look, you have defeated yourselves, my friends. That is a deep cut reference. That is a deep cut from, uh, I think, the Mother's proto, Day episode. It was like, no, it was like wow. proto. Was that even sanity, before? I yeah. think so, yeah. For real? That was like from a fun fact about you, Ben <laughs> segment or something. <laughs> it like was, that. yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think it's that's true. right. All right. Number one, don't fear the virus that can destroy your body. And like Nathan was saying, that comes from a verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew 10 28. This is Jesus talking. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. So here's the deal there is a virus out there and it is killing people. Mm-hmm. It is threatening to overwhelm our healthcare system and it is threatening to cause directly or indirectly the deaths of many, many people. Nobody has any idea how many. Who knows? We don't know. Mm. That's a scary thing. People want you to be scared because they want you to respond because they want you to respond in a way that will flatten the curve, Mm -hmm. spread the length of time out between cases so that the healthcare system won't be overwhelmed. Or it's all just some big conspiracy so that we can move deeper into some kind of socialist economy, whatever. There's always that possibility. There's always too. that possibility. Mm-hmm. Because does an Occam's razor say, when it, the, choose the most complicated possible That's exactly right. thing that assumes the most intelligence assume, and nefariousness on the right. part of everyone? Yeah. Assume the yes. absolute maximal amount of complexity in any given scenario. And if you can work yeah. an evil uh, cabal, cabal, cabal of people trying to take down your way of life in there, then doesn't hurt anything at all. That's right. Yeah. So that's Occam's razor, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> you heard it here first. That's the opposite of Occam's razor. It's, it's the opposite. Occam's razor it's, says the simplest solution is... Most likely to be. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you just mm-hmm. ride yeah. with the simplest solution, which is just that actually somebody in China ate some weird stuff. Now we're all suffering and we don't really know how it's going to end, but we're trying to mitigate the mm-hmm. consequences of one person eating some dumb thing in a marketplace in Wuhan. Yep. Here's the thing. You could legitimately be scared that you're going to die or the people that you love are going to die and with some cause. And Jesus says, don't fear those that can kill the body, but not the soul. Don't fear the virus that can kill the body, but not the soul. Fear God who can destroy both body and soul in hell. When we're faced with death, here's the thing. We're all going to die. You're going to die. Someday you will die one way or another. And guess what? Many of us are going to die unpleasant deaths one way or another. There are not that many pleasant deaths. There's not many pleasant deaths, actually. Death is not a pleasant thing. Death is an enemy. The enemy. Death is the last enemy. Mm -hmm. We have hope because Jesus conquered death. But that doesn't mean that we don't have to walk through it ourselves. We do. And every one of us will. And if we fear death, but not the God who can destroy not just our bodies, but our souls in hell, then we're missing the big picture. Death is a consequence of sin. Everyone that has ever lived either has died or will die Mm. because of sin. And so here we are, we're being faced with the possibility of death, but that's not new. That's not different than anything else. You're going to die. It's going to be a virus. It's going to be a bus. It's going to be a heart attack. Who knows? Only God knows. 
He's measured out the length of your days. He knows, just like he's numbered every hair on your head. He's sovereign over all of these things. And one day you're going to stand before him and give an account, whether you like it or not, of your life. And so don't be afraid of dying. Be afraid of the judge. And then turn to him. And when you have an opportunity to turn to him, when you have something like a virus that is threatening us with death, let it do its good work of turning you in fear to him. Ben, you mentioned uh, the Tower of Siloam. Yeah, that fell earlier, I think, off mic. The Jews. I did mention it off mic. They come to Jesus and say, what do you think about this thing? Yep. Tower that fell into yep. people. Yep. Was, was, was God particularly angry with uh, these Jews who died? And Jesus said, listen, if you don't repent, wrath of God's coming on you too, which is to say, yeah, you see an awful disaster or tragedy or a pandemic, and it sweeps away people in countries you don't know about, or it sweeps away someone you love. Well, guess what? It's, it's your time, your chance from God to think about the fact that you are going to die. Yeah, let's not think about them and yep. whether or not they're more sinful. Let's think yep. about the fact that, hey, unless you repent, you're going you're gonna to stand before God too. And that's the biblical pattern for 9-11, for tidal waves, for things like that. When things like this happen, Jesus was the first one to say, okay, now remember, you're going to die. All of these things are meant not to make us think about, oh man, China sucks, mm-hmm. Italy sucks. But hey, people are dying. When people are suffering and dying from sickness, that is all a result of the fall. That is the curse. And that curse, wherever we see it, should hit us right where we live and say, that curse is my curse too. Yep. Right. And that curse exists because of Adam's sin and mine. Yeah. And so I better be sure about myself. I better prepare my soul to meet God, the judge. It also means it's a prod to evangelism. It's a prod to pray for people that you care about who don't know Jesus. They're going to meet the judge. It's a prod to you to ask God for wisdom to speak up while you can. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about this later maybe, but in Ecclesiastes, there's that famous passage, it's better to go into the house of mourning. Mm -hmm. Better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will take it to heart. Mm -hmm. The living will take it to heart. This is, you, we don't know everything that God's doing with this, but we do know that he's calling you to think about death. This is, and I agree with my good friend, Pastor Jacob Menzel on this point, this is a time that you are supposed to be thinking about death. So let's just make, let's just jump to that opposite yeah. do, which is think about death yeah, and eternity and teach your family to do the same, because it's not just an opportunity for you personally to think about death. This is an opportunity for you to teach your kids to think about death. Well, and by the way, that word opportunity, I don't even like that. What I want is like, it's a requirement. It's a mandate. Like this is the time that God has elected for all of you to think, for us all to think about death. If we don't, we will have missed out. In fact, calling us to do. This is what he is shoving in our faces. And the fact is, if you'll allow me to speak this way. Mm -hmm. I will. Thanks no generation of people who have ever walked the face of the earth have had fewer opportunities, fewer calls Mm. to think about death and eternity than ours. None, ever, in the history of the world. Right. Zero, none. Like, if you go back 100 years, just 100 years, not to mention 1,000 or two or six or eight or however many years, your kids... How many of them would have died by the age of 10? What are the mortality rates? 
How many of your kids who survived would have lost brothers, sisters, friends? What was the likelihood that you would lose your wife in childbirth? In childbirth. Death was ubiquitous. And it It happened in the home. Yeah, exactly. It happened in the home. It wasn't hidden. There weren't the means to prolong and preserve life that we have now, which is a gift of God and a kindness to us that is wonderful and should not be taken for granted. Mm. But it is also something that we have used to hide ourselves from the reality that we are still, in fact, all going to die. And because of that, we have taken death in and of itself and we have hidden it Mm. everywhere possible. We've hidden it in our hospitals. We've hidden it in the nursing homes. We've hidden it everywhere. We don't want to see it and we don't ever have to feel the weight of it, just very rarely. And so here we are and God's given us a global pandemic and we have- We certainly have to think about it. We have to think about it. it. And it's like we said, I think at the top of the show, it's not shoved in our face just yet. It's not like we're in Italy and people are dying in the streets and they're not able to even attend the the burials Mm -hmm. of their loved ones. We don't quite feel that yet because we're not quite seeing it in front of us yet. But that is the state that that Italy is in, and that is the state that we're being threatened with. Even just being threatened with it should sober us and make us think about death and eternity and allow us, force us to see this is something that is good to talk to our kids about. Well, is it too crass to say, boy, I don't want our country to have to become Italy in order for us all to see it. I mean, let's learn the Absolutely. lesson right now. Let's learn it quick. Yeah. Let's, let's learn it ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, let's get this nailed down. We're going to hey die. Hey, guys. Memento mori. Well, that's, I mean, that's just it, right? That is what prophets do. Mm-hmm. What prophets do is they come and they say, unless you repent, you will perish. Mm-hmm. And then the people choose to heed or not heed. Well, God's not sent us Jonah. God has sent us the CDC, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe. And the real response that we need is much less, it's, it's not less than washing our hands and using hand sanitizer and staying at home, mm-hmm. but it's certainly much more than that. And it is not without cause that Pastor Max has been saying over and over again around here to those of us small few that are around. Mm-hmm that he doesn't see it being a coincidence that the the population that's most vulnerable is the generation of people directly responsible for giving us Roe v. Wade. Well, now you're just trying to peek into God's secret providence, Jake. I mean, that's what a lot of our listeners are thinking, actually. So why why is it not true that that's not what you're doing? Because Max is the one doing it, not me. Just, <laughs> well, that's I'm just, helpful. I'm just reporting on what uh-huh. he's saying. Okay, all right, good. <laughs> Glad we got that out of the way. Look, if if Jake was going to go on the podcast, or Max for that matter, and say, I know exactly what God's doing and it is this, that'd be one thing. That's not what we're doing. But I think that there's a way to be godly and in being suggestive about these things. I mean, he didn't say, God is directly punishing us for sending, for Roe versus Wade. He did say, isn't it interesting? Yeah, and isn't it interesting that God when he visits nations with plagues, always in the Old Testament visits them with reasons like, because you kill your babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pretty interesting. 
this is just the pattern that God is. I mean, God has told us. Well, it's fascinating. I just read. I think it's King Solomon. Yeah, King Solomon in one of his. Uh, yeah, Solomon gives a prayer of dedication after they've built the temple. Oh Lord, the God of Israel, there is no god like you in heaven above or earth beneath. He goes on, and then he starts giving this list. When your people Israel are defeated before an enemy because they have sinned against you, if they turn to you and confess your name and pray, then hear in heaven and forgive their sin and bring them back. When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, if there is famine in the land, if there is pestilence, if there is blight or mildew, locust or graph, if the enemy besieges them in the land of their cities, whatever plague, whatever sickness there is, when your people go out to battle, when, you, when they sin against you, and you are angry with them and delivered to them to the enemy, then da, 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 da. my only point in reading that is again and again and again and again in this prayer of dedication, he prays to God and just makes a simple, to him, obvious connection between the people will sometimes sin against you and then terrible things will happen. They will lose in battle. Pestilence will happen. Plague will happen. Yeah, and in what some uh, supposedly sophisticated person listening to that will say is, well, my goodness, you don't, you haven't even begun to understand that passage in context. We're talking about God in covenant with a political Israel in a way that is unique oh, please. across history. And yeah, the correct response to that is, oh, please. As if God you doesn't deal with nations. You think you're sophisticated? God has a pattern of how he deals with all nations. And he deals with Israel, and he deals with the sins of other nations, and he causes, he sends pestilence and plagues and You wars. read the major, major and minor prophets, it's not just prophecies against Israel. It'll be this nation and that nation, and this mm-hmm. nation did this, so I'm going to do that. That's and right. it's, it's just it, yeah, full of it. And it's just when a nation fills up the cup of its iniquities, he sends judgment. Right. It's what he does. And then you look at history, for goodness sake. You don't need to look at just what's specific in the Old Testament. The Old Testament teaches you how God deals with nations, and then you just look at history. And guess what? When a nation fills up the cup of wrath, God destroys it. Mm-hmm. God brings it down. You know, it doesn't matter how big and mighty and powerful and invincible it looks. God delights to take those nations that are so proud and so invincible and just obliterate them and say, who, do you, who did you think you were exactly? The king who sits in heaven laughs. And the Romans thought, just as the Greeks thought, that they were invincible. They found it impossible to believe that what they had built could crumble. And you know what? So did, so did Great Britain. Mm-hmm. So does Great Britain. So does America. And so are we saying... God definitely sent coronavirus because of fill-in-the-blank, sodomy, abortion, whatever. No, not exactly. But also... But also... Yes. Yeah. America's a really wicked nation, and some really bad stuff is happening. And if we don't see providence in that, and if we don't see judgment in that, then we're being foolish. And if we don't call ourselves and our neighbors and our nation to repent then we don't understand the God who ordains all of these things in his providence. We are pretending as if God is not in his heaven superintending all of this. 
in Second Chronicles, and I, I am just going to go ahead and shove our face in this. When I shut up my heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. This is how God works. I don't care that America is not in some special Abrahamic mosaic covenant with God. If this people would have any hope of mercy from God as he sends us pestilence, our best hope is not hand sanitizer and social distancing. Our best hope is national repentance for our sins and confession of our sins and humility. Well, in turning from our wicked ways. That's our best hope. And if God still, it still pleases God to wipe us from the face of the earth, then that's what pleases God. But we, God's people here, living in America, we ought to confess our sins, our personal sins and our national sins, and turn from our wicked ways, and call our neighbors to turn from our wicked ways. And if you're the kind of person that wants, I mean, we'll hit this kind of person maybe later, but if you're the kind of person that wants to turn it into their sins out there, you're an idiot. The sins of Nancy Pelosi and the liberals, the sins of big church, the sins of whoever your whipping boy is. No, this is a time for you to repent of your sins and for you to bear your part of the responsibility of our nation's sins. It's you. You murdered all the babies. You committed sodomy. You are responsible. It's not them out there. Now, having said all that, <laughs> well, just we're to tag a mile on. off track, but that's okay. A tag on, tag yeah. on. Well, tag on. just to tag on again, it's also a time to pray. Like mm. it's it's a good time to feel the weight of what other people are suffering, and to feel the weight of the judgments the nation is bearing from God. Okay, yeah, in one sense, you're part of the nation, like Nathan said you are responsible for abortion and sodomy. In another sense, okay, maybe you haven't participated in those sins directly. Well, do you care about the people who have? Do you care about God's judgment on them? Does your heart long to see them know forgiveness and redemption? This is a time, if you can feel any of that weight, that's prayer fuel. That shouldn't be wasted. It shouldn't be blown off. Absolutely. That was one of our dues, actually, yeah. I think, is uh, pray. 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 Which is something that, man, does that like make me feel bad when someone say, says about this, pray. Because, yeah, absolutely. man, is that not my first response to this sort of thing? Prayer is the last resort. Oh, everything's terrible. I guess everything else has failed. We've tried social distancing. <laughs> we've tried. <laughs> uh, we've tried hand sanitizer. I've been locked up in my, I guess uh, there's nothing else for it. I'm just going to have to pray. Has it come to that, Nathan? Is it, has it come to that, Jake? And yet I fear because my daddy didn't love me. We must turn yeah. to the sovereign almighty God yeah. who created all things and holds them all in the palm of his hand and who could disperse this virus. And who bids us a... call him father? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have to go to him. If no! Him. <laughs> Only if we have to. Only if we have to. Well, that's how I think. And me maybe too. some of it's because my daddy didn't love me, right? So I'm just like, well, you don't bug him unless you have to. Like, But also some of it's just utter faithlessness. Like, I actually functionally in my life believe more in hand sanitizer 
then I believe in God. Like I'm more careful to get that hand sanitizer or to stock up on that toilet paper or whatever than I am to make sure I'm spending time praying. And I'm sure lots of people sympathize with that sinfulness. And that's actually where I was headed when I said whatever I said that was supposed to transition us to the next thing. And yet. And yet. When I said, and yet. There's a lot of people out there, I think, that may be listening to this podcast who want to take it seriously, who want to take it soberly, who want to do the right thing. And yet they are just feeling scared. And and maybe not necessarily because they're in the demographic that's going to die or because they have loved ones, but or, or or that is at risk for that. But because jobs are uncertain, because life is uncertain, because the grocery store might not have the things that you need, all that kind of stuff. And for those people, what do we want to say to like they're they're not being faithless, but they do just feel Yeah. Sad about that kind of thing. Don't be anxious about the virus that can destroy your work or your livelihood mm. or the global supply chain of We're, toilet paper. I've, I've said this before, I think in our deleted episode, but also other places. The word, the, my wife also always likes to say all my inspirational speeches boil down to, hey, you're going to die. So what's the big deal? <laughs> Which that's my wife's snarky way of defining what's maybe pessimistic about Nathan. But I also think you're going to die. So what's the big deal? Like, let's put this in perspective. There is a God and there are eternal realities and it doesn't really, I I don't want to be Zen. I don't want to say that pain doesn't hurt to quote the great Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse. I don't want to say that the, the travails of this life aren't hard, that God's discipline isn't hard, but let's put it in perspective. Like there are bigger things at work and the worst thing that could possibly happen to you if you're a Christian is you could die and you could go and be with Jesus. Be with Jesus. So have hope, have faith, and give your anxieties about earthly things to God, right? I mean, we haven't said the classic verse yet, but Philippians 4, everybody say it with me, right? Be anxious, be anxious for, for nothing, nothing, but in but everything, in everything by, by prayer and supplication, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which surpasses coronavirus, which surpasses social distancing, which surpasses President Trump, which surpasses the Democrats and their evil plans, or, or the Chinese who are, which surpasses all of it, will guard or your the hearts. Americans if you're Chinese. Or, yeah, or the Americans if you're Chinese, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus, right? Like we are commanded to give these things to God. If you're worried about your job or if you're just anxious about like, when am I going to be able to get Jake and Ben in to do podcasting? You know, like you, you can, you can give those things to God with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. The other verse about that's kind of classic for this sort of thing is, is his eyes on the sparrow. Nathan, I just want you to be on record saying that both the Philippians passage and the Matthew 6 passage are passages that I put in. Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> right, Jake. Thanks. I just want you. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. I think we should make Ben go on the record because Ben's the one that, that said Jake was Mister Sober Death. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that happened. The Battle of the Titans. Okay. Yeah, I mean, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? 
Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. It's really easy in looking at all of these things, and I don't know, I think I might feel in many ways more acutely than Nathan or Ben the economic realities that we're all facing. I have seven kids, they have zero, zero kids. <clears throat> I mean, there were years where we lived on fifteen to twenty thousand. You know, it took a long time for us to hit thirty. And uh, at the same time, um, I am planning to leave a stable income and go plant a church. Mm. And this summer, my income depends on fundraising, and which we're in the process of doing right now. Which we're in the process of doing right now while everybody's feeling insecure about their futures. So I've got, and even my ability to buy a house down in Evansville, big enough to support my family with seven kids, depends on my fundraising, being able to maintain my current salary and me not having to go get a new job and prove instability in my income. Mm. Like everything is up in the air and in the mix and who knows how this is all going to play out for us. Like there's a, there's a lot to be concerned about in all of this. If our fundraising doesn't come through, I won't be able to buy a house. What am I going to do? Live with my parents? I can go, I can get a job maybe and get some work if the economy is in a place for that to happen. But even then the bank's not going to give me a loan. Um, if I can pull that off, which who knows if I'll be able to pull that off either. Sounds like you should be anxious for everything. Doesn't it? It does. Yeah. We've got a lot at stake. My family does and all of this stuff. And um, the timing is timing that requires us to look at God and say, okay, God's in control. And he's not forgotten the lilies of the field and he's not forgotten the birds of the air. And he's numbered every one of my heirs and the heirs of my children. And he's not going to forget us either. And it may be hard. It may be difficult, but that's okay because he's not forgotten us and he knows how to take care of us and he knows how to give us everything that we need for life and godliness and he will. And it may not be what we want or what we hoped or what we anticipated, but it'll be enough. And, you know, in a situation like that, whether you're in an hourly job where you've, you know, you're looking at legitimately not being able to pay your rent or your mortgage, where you're looking at, you know, losing your retirement, having to work into your 80s or whatever. God knows what you need. God knows how to how to care for you. And, and, and when he says that, it doesn't mean that you're not going to face hardship. It doesn't mean that you're not going to suffer. It doesn't mean that you're not going to starve or go homeless. But it does mean that he'll give you enough for you to be faithful and to serve him in the ways that he wants you to serve him until death. Mm. So don't be anxious for anything. Don't be anxious for tomorrow. It has enough trouble of its own. Yeah, I think my, and maybe we'll end with this because 
folks, it's 1125 post Meridian where we are. So I think we probably need to be done with this episode, but we'll come back and finish out our, our list. Talk about a lot more things. Yeah. I'd be sad if we didn't come back and talk about all these other things. We will, but I think it's, it's probably smart to be done now. Don't you think? I need to get sleep. Yeah. Yep. I do too. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely be back maybe as early as later this week. But the one thing I kind of wanted to tag on to Jake's point, and this was actually our second of our don'ts, was don't be angry. Because the way that I deal with the kind of anxiety that Jake's talking about is oftentimes, I mean, I can be a very anxious person. I can be fearful. I can just be those things very blatantly. But lately, that's not what I've been. Like like over the last weekend in my relationship with my wife, that's not what it, we've been. Since the coronavirus has hit, that's not how I've dealt with it. I've dealt with it by just being angry. My wife will say, oh, I'm scared about the coronavirus. I don't know what we're going to do. This could be a big deal. And I'll just be like, shut up. Don't don't talk to me. I, I do not want to hear about this right now. It doesn't matter. There's nothing we can do about it. Let's watch TV or let me read my book or whatever it is. Like we, we literally quite literally had the, this argument with those words. And I didn't even know, like I was just annoyed and I realized, oh, that's just how I, as a dude and especially a dude with a wife, that's like, like I can do fight or flight here. And I don't feel much like flight. In fact, flight's not possible in this case. So I'm like in fight mode. Like I'm just, yeah, I'm just mad. Well, fear and anger are two sides of the same coin. That one leads to the other is what the great philosopher Yoda told us. (laughs) Hmm. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Suffering Suffering leads to the the dark dark side. side. Ah, Uh, yeah. For sure. All right. Well, um, King David in Psalm 37 says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Isn't it fascinating that those two things are just put together? And it's it's because when we're afraid, so much of our fear really comes down to issues of control. When it comes down to issues of control, what we want is to grab control and to destroy anything that threatens our control, our sense of control, our sense of stability. It's those threats that that have shaken us and made us afraid mm-hmm. that stir up our, our anger. I don't know if my money, my paycheck's going to be there next week. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get the work done that needs to get done. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so, man, am I just angry that this is the state of things because my stability has been upset. Well, and I so find so often when I'm angry, it's because I think I deserve something. It'll be like, I think I deserve to get to the thing on time, even though I left late. And so I'm angry that this old woman is driving slowly in front of me. And that's what I realized about this is like, I deserve an American life of the type that I've understood that someone like me should have. I mean, this is, this is, this is an explicit, almost an explicit thought I had that I had to just turn around and pray to God and say, this is wicked. I'm sorry. I mean, I I had to say, I'm sorry, God, I think you owe me a certain kind of life. And I think that you should not threaten it with big global things that I don't understand happening. I don't deserve to be in an apocalypse movie 
to be an extra in one of those <laughs> contagion kind of movies. Yeah. And God, you can't do this to me. My wife should not be bugging me with this right now because we should not have to even give this the credence of being a real thing. Everything should just be okay. I'm owed that. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I'm articulating all this because I think maybe it'll be helpful for some people who've maybe had some of the same thoughts or instincts or wicked temptations and haven't articulated it maybe. But in my dark moments, that's, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. I don't know. True or false, Ben? I do deserve everything um, that a middle-class American life offers. False, Nathan. You don't. Neither do I. Hmm. I don't know. I think probably a lot of men who have to provide feel the same way or feel some of the same, same temptations. Well, because we're not going to talk through all of the rest of our points, what I think would be good to leave people with is uh, the book of Psalms. Hmm. It doesn't really matter where you're at emotionally right now. If you're angry, if you're scared, if you're unconcerned, where you should be is in a place of prayer. And the book of Psalms has you pegged one way or another. There's a place in there for you to figure out how to express your fears, your anxieties, your frustration, your anger, whatever else it is you're feeling, and to bring it before God. And so whether or not you think it's a hoax, whether or not you think it's the end of life as we know it, more likely you think it's somewhere in between, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you should be praying. And I think you should spend some time in the book of Psalms this week and you should find your prayer. Well, the nice thing about that is you don't have to perfect a prayer on your own. You've got 150 of them to choose from. That's what they're there for. That's what they're there for. They are the prayer book of God's people. And so you don't have to figure out how to think entirely appropriately. You don't have to get all your ducks in a row before you can bring this to God. You can just... Bring it to God. But by faith. By faith. I mean, if you can't be any more creative than this, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That seems like an applicable verse for this situation. All right, folks, we have gotten through two of our five don'ts and one of our do's, which if you're, if you are a mathematician means we have seven points, including a lot of the things that the the titan of terror himself, <laughs> Jake Menzel. But we do have a lot more to say about this issue, and we'll be back. I'm sorry we didn't get to all of it today, but Ben actually literally turned into a pumpkin. <laughs> what can I say? A talking pumpkin. Yeah. A talking pumpkin, the best kind. The, the best kind Not of pumpkin. Not very good for pie, making pies with. You know, I think a, a talking pumpkin is actually quite delicious. <laughs> You're a horrible person. <laughs> I can't do anything about it, but... No, you can't. You're not a you're not a walking pumpkin. <laughs> I'm not. You're just a talking pumpkin. Uh, uh, well, I'm glad we could end this episode on a somber note with a talking pumpkin. Sober, I think, a, is the word. Uh, sober. Somber a sober. is not the right word. Uh, just to be clear, me and Jake are very good friends. We love each other. And I'm not a hippie that thinks that you should just be happy, clappy, whatever. And Jake's not an idiot that thinks absolutely no one but him is taking this seriously enough. Ben just characterized us like that. Because I did. It was fun. He's a pumpkin. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Produced by me and stuff like that. Hey, until next time. Stay safe. 